Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Yo, what's up, fans of Legend of Retro? This is the Glitch Master 86 with my chillin' dog, Craig Meister. How you doing, Craig? Oh, Glitch, you know I'm doing okay with what we're talking about today. We ready to shred, right, buddy? I don't entirely know what shredding entails, but you know I'm down for it. That's super ill. We're ready. Let's do it. Cool borders. Uh, we're talking about Cool Borders 2 for the PlayStation. Released by UEPS Systems for the PlayStation on August 28th, 1997, this snowboarding game allows you to slide down snowy slopes and do tricks to win a series of competitions. Yep. And I think it's pronounced WEP. WEP? WEP. Because in the intro, uh, there's a guy that's like, WEP Systems. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're right. WEP Systems. Not UEP systems yeah what systems you up well maybe i don't know maybe it's a cult like because what is this canadian i don't know (laughs) uh it involves snow right it's probably canadian so it's wet to them and you up to us it's uh, one of the snowboards uh is uh a moose right yes it it kind of sounds like kind of sounds like you know that that thing in uh in michigan where you're in someone's way and you're like oh sorry (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Systems. I uh, so I I I had a hard time. Your 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 intro was very fitting for this very '90s game. I had almost started talking about how radical it was, and then I was like, "Oh no, gnarly and radical is more of like an '80s thing." I don't know if I know how to talk like I'm from the '90s. I mean, I don't think I did that good of a job either, but sure. Probably better than I could have done. All right. But uh, so we'll just start off the bat. Uh, Craig revealed to me uh, yesterday was the first time you played this game. Uh, it was. Yes. Uh, uh, yesterday was the very first time I ever played this game. Uh, and uh, I don't know that I'll ever go out of my way to play it again. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously it's a game for its time as most PlayStation games I feel like are. Uh, there's a fair few. I, I think that that generation of gaming has a lot of stuff that was great for its time, but when you go back, it does has not aged as well as like the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo have. Yeah. I can say, though, because I did play a little bit as well yesterday, um, I do feel like it holds up a, you know, more than most games that are kind of like for that era. Well, you gotta so you got to understand. So I... I was really bad at and had not much of an interest in any of like the Tony Hawk games, any other snowboarding games. Like there there's that genre of like snowboarding and skateboarding boarding Sims, if you will, uh, just never did it for me. Uh, I just like, you know, I probably could have, like, I'm sure if I took the time and practiced and stuff, you know, uh, I probably would have been pretty decent at them. But like uh, Xander, on Legend of Retro, 
you know, was really into like Tony Hawk games and I watched him play and I liked the music, but like, I just, I don't know. I, when I played, it was like, wow, look at me. I could kind of spin in the air a bit and then smash my face into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, and it, especially this game, I feel like the more, you know, about the controls and the moves, the better the experience you get. Oh, sure. Cause that's the same way. Like you go back and play Tony Hawk and it takes, you know, a little while to be like, oh yeah, that's right. You can do this to maneuver a certain way. And that makes this way easier. And oh, that's right. This is how you grind. And this is how you grind well and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I, I mean, I definitely, I probably want to say we first played this when demos used to be a thing when they used <laughs> to send out those demos. Oh. I'm pretty sure that was the first time we played it. Me and my brother. I, uh, do you happen to remember where you got the demo disc? Was it a uh, PlayStation it's magazine? Like Toys R Us? Like, I don't know. It wouldn't have been like, cause I want to say my mom bought our PlayStation at Toys R Us. So we were getting like Toys R Us, Toys R Us. Yeah. Sorry. Toys, Toys R Us, uh, demos from them. Uh huh. I don't know if that's a thing or maybe my memory's just really bad, but, uh, uh I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like demos came from tons of play. I mean, Pizza Hut had playstation right. demo discs you know i mean it, it it would not surprise me if toys r us had some though it could have been she got uh your mom got like a playstation magazine and it had uh, right. a demo in it from toys r us that that i guess could be possible if, if it wasn't a specific toys r us demo disc in my in my head i want to say it was on the same one as the tamba and like the jersey devil demos that i played but i might be wrong on that but it was definitely a demo first then we, you know, we fell in love with it. So then we got the game uh, and it was just basically me and Tom, my brother, playing this left and right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was I mean, that was it. I, I almost like I was like, man, I want to be a snowboarder. Like, that's how like in love with this game I was for the time. Obviously, I'm not. So You didn't uh, <laughs> go on to become a, a, a champion snowboarder. I remember I bought a board after I got my first job. And I used it once, and it's still in the garage, hanging the rafters. Oh, I uh, one day bored, one day I swear. I uh, well, I mean, it's uh, uh, we you know we yeah. live in the Detroit area, uh, you and I, and uh, as of recording, it is snowing outside. All right, I'll be right back, Craig. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a <laughs> hour long pause uh for me to find out that glitch has uh, uh fallen and broken his neck and I was so say, it might be a couple days after the injury for me to return so yeah we'll finish this episode in like uh after like a month of traction <laughs> six years later so tony just so the glitch just came out of his coma <laughs> <laughs> hey he's out of his coma we can finish the episode how uh, how incredibly creepy and depressing would it be if we oh legitimately God. like if you went wow. out and got like, this hurt. is like this is it right now like this is I can do a car accident tomorrow no God Craig please uh, I was actually referring to the fact that you really went outside and hurt yourself snowboarding uh but yes it would also be creepy and terrible if you hurt yourself in other ways so yeah I I, I suppose either way I, I don't care how you hurt yourself as long as you hurt yourself <laughs> Lynch, all right. Thanks. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Don't put too much thought into it, Craig. Uh, So I guess we'll go into, I want to talk a little bit about web systems. Uh, So they only produced like six games. And five of them were Cool Borders games. So four of them were Cool Borders. Five of them were snowboarding. Oh, (laughs) my apologies. Japanese like only. So different. Oh, I'm so sorry. But uh, 
uh, go on. So do you know what the non-snowboarding game was? I do. I, I nearly lost my mind when I saw this. Uh, they also did a game called Rising Zon, the Samurai Gunman. Why aren't we covering that game instead of Cool Borders 2? All right. How much gameplay did you watch? Because I watched about an hour and a half. For I watched zero. I, I know nothing about this game. I am excited to learn more. I wanted to just talk about what might be. I, I kind of wanted to, to devote a part of this episode to just how much I'd rather be playing a game or covering a game about a samurai <laughs> who's a, like a gunman in the Wild West. Oh, uh, it, it plays like... Uh, a little bit like Mega Man Legends, but he has a, a samurai blade and a gun and he's fighting ninjas. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, uh, is it not like cowboy setting? It is. Oh, uh, that's even better. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we pulled up the intro, Craig. Have, you haven't seen this, have you? I have not seen this, so okay, we're going to listen to it. Yep. Uh, this is uh, uh, the intro to Rising Zan Samurai Gunman. We're going to go ahead and give this a bit of a watch. Once upon a time, a blue-eyed boy from the Old West learned one of life's cruelest lessons, that evil was bigger than his gun. So he followed the footsteps of a mysterious master to the Far East, where he learned the secrets of the sword and came back home with the heart of a gunman and the soul of a samurai. Being the biggest hero round There wouldn't be an enemy That he could hide with time With a gun Then one day Johnny met his match And turned his world around He changed his name and learned the Shogun Way of land Of the rising sun <laughs> I wh- why are we covering Cool Borders 2? Cool Borders 2 is garbage compared to this. Well, uh, um, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Rising Zan. <laughs> Rising Zan, whatever, however you pronounce that. Uh, the Samurai Gunman, it's a cowboy Wild West. What? Oh, my I lord. I encourage everyone to watch that intro uh the part where there's that guitar solo he literally like fights like five ninjas and just like shoots all of them it's hilarious that is the coolest thing i have ever seen in my life i'm glad you liked it oh yeah as soon as i came across that i was like what is this game i was like oh my lord craig needs to see this i yeah i purposely did not I uh, I uh, watch it or anything. I, I I almost wanted it to just live in my 
uh, you know, memory as as this like amazing thing that is just like, oh, I never played it, but it's got to be amazing. Uh, and now I kind of feel like I need to track the uh, the game down. Yeah. Uh, for me, sadly, the game's like a hundred bucks on eBay. But oh. if there's the ability to get it, I don't know, in another form, and you can, you know, you know, well, yeah, go ahead. Uh, these, yeah, yeah. these things happen. Yeah. Uh, Just add piracy to the uh, list of samurai, cowboy, and ninjas. <laughs> so sadly, Craig, we got to get back to cool borders. I know you don't want to. Oh, but do we have to? Um, maybe this will help. In Japan, it was called Cool Borders 2 Killing Session. Wait, did they? was it also like a first-person shooter mixed with a snowboarding <laughs> game? Yeah, you, you, run a, you run a board and you had a katana with you. Man. <laughs> okay all right i'm, it's like I'm down road, it's like road rash but in a uh, snowboarding setting wow well actually uh now that i'm thinking about it why haven't there been any snowboarding games that also add in like a road rash style combat system the whole road rash genre was poorly pre- uh, pushed because i feel like that could have been a whole bunch of things oh for sure for sure Ro- road rash uh uh and i mean i i think that road rash in general I, I remember it very fondly, but when I go back to play Road Rash, it is a little clunky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wish that there had been more to Road Rash and games like that. Because, yeah, adding adding uh, uh, combat to, like, things that shouldn't have combat is kind of neat. Yeah. All right. So, Cool Borders, which is not <laughs> nearly as cool as uh, you know, Samurai Gunmen. I, uh, y- you can get a bunch of different snowboards, like what thirteen of them or something. Well, thirteen with an asterisk. Yeah, uh, they had a snowboard editor. Oh, in uh, this eighteen game. snowboards. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah, because there are the special ones. I think. Um, but you could create your own design. Oh, that's neat. So it was kind of like Mario Paint, but it was like pixel art, and it was like really zoomed in. So you could like do a nice design. So I would do like a big like Mega Man shooting his blaster kind of thing, like on oh, the board. Oh, that's cool. I mean, you don't really see the board that much except when you're jumping, but it's really cool to have like your own board. So you could literally do anything on these boards, and it, you know you could choose from all the different colors. You could put stamps on it. So the board editor was really cool. I. Um, uh, which would, they added from the first one. With that board editor uh, glitch, would you be able to uh, uh, do a, a picture of a samurai gunman? Fighting ninjas? Yeah. Was that a possibility? I'm sure it's there. Oh, and I'm God. sure that if you didn't do it, that'd be dumb. <laughs> that is true. If you didn't do it, you would be dumb. Uh, but go on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so like it was that was a really cool feature. Uh, I love that. We used to like fool around making boards all the time me and my brother and we have our own and you could save them um and put them on whichever character you wanted so what one of the nice things about this game was it did in fact have two players and i didn't know this until looking it up recently mm-hmm. you could do link cables with this with oh. another playstation so you could have like a LAN party with uh cool borders too so you could i don't know if it stretches more than two players but you could have instead of a split screen you could have your own tv Oh, that's neat. And be in the same race together. That's actually really neat. I, I like that kind of stuff. That's uh, 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 that's fun. Yeah. Uh, so there was like the different modes. There was a competition mode 
where you would select a character in a board and you would go through the nine courses in the competition mode mm-hmm. and then you would just rank it's kind of like uh mario kart you get like nine points for first place seven for second and so on and then you just have to you know come in first uh based on that i uh i thought it was interesting i always assumed cool borders was a very american game you know snowboarding and stuff i i didn't think of it as you know something that would have been made in japan like cool borders series was i uh, but uh what kind of first caught me off guard is when i started it up is i was like oh those are like anime style characters like the yeah. the character art and stuff is very anime styled and so yeah i just thought that was kind of interesting because i never assumed cool borders was a very japanese game and like a bunch of the characters have like japanese names and stuff and uh i was just like oh that's kind of neat they didn't try to like oh this is this isn't Jin. this is hank you know yeah. do one of those yeah, it's uh instead of yagi it's uh arnold or something yeah. like that yeah exactly yeah. I, I i appreciate that they didn't try to like you know essentially whitewash the you know the the ensemble of characters and stuff uh it was neat that you know there was uh more than just one token female character that had to count for something uh and uh i thought it was interesting so there too. were two yeah, there's, there's two boys and two yeah. girls, yeah. Yeah, so you have the... That's what you start with. Mm-hmm. And then you end up unlocking more characters, is that right? Yeah, so there's Boss, who's kind of more all-around, a little bit better. Um, if you, you... I guess it was, like, multiple things you could do. You'd have to, like, go through and get, like, the most freestyle points. Because, like, you could do tricks. And all the tricks had different points. We can get into that setting later. But if you, you know, unlocked everyone, there was Boss... Uh, Gary the alien, and then a snowman. So you could play as an actual snowman on a board. That's kind of fun. It's not a samurai gunman, but, you know, whatever. I'll take it. So one thing that, um, because you only played this on the PlayStation Classic, which we can get into the fact that, you know, it was popular enough that it was a greatest hits. Mm -hmm. Um, It was on the PlayStation Classic. Uh, It what um it was one of the best selling games on the PlayStation so it actually was the 86th best selling game it had and a lot of games on the system too yeah, so that's pretty good 1.2 million copies is what it did wow i uh, and hmm. i mean it got pretty good ratings uh game informer which uh, okay so i saw this and i was like this is kind of bogus but sure whatever game informer rated it 92nd in the 100 greatest video games of all time of all time of all time craig uh, of every video game ever all time uh, every every game that had ever been made it's yep. in the top 100 yep i uh feel like we need to see that list and critique <laughs> it harshly because uh unless that list was made moments after that game first released and even then i don't think I don't think that I would put it in a top 100 of the greatest games of all time, even if it was just right after that game was released back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I should have looked up when this list came out. But yeah, I mean, it could have been like early 2000s. So I suppose even that makes that, somewhat more sense. I, See, like yeah. 100 greatest PlayStation 1 games. Sure. Top 50. Maybe, maybe. That's maybe even pushing it. Greatest games of all time? No. 
No. No. No. no. no. That's good. Good job. What is that? Game Informer? Game Informer. Yeah. How am I not surprised? Um, but to, to get on to this point, it's on the PlayStation Classic. The version you played is actually the pale version. That's the version that's on the Classic. But yeah, I don't know why why that was. Because I remember thinking like, I put it in and I was like, wait a second. Do I have like the wrong version of PlayStation Classic? So I'm looking at the box and I'm like, no, this, this looks right. Because I got it like kind of secondhand. And I was like, no, did I get the wrong one? No, yeah, that that is uh, the versions that they handed to us to in America are also the PAL versions, I believe. I mean, that's just a testament to how poorly the classic was released, because, I mean, it didn't sell well. It didn't. And it didn't deserve to, honestly, the. uh, uh, Yeah, the uh, it, it blows my mind that the PlayStation, which had a really a very solid lineup of games the PlayStation 1 had. I hail it as one of the best systems ever. I'm with you on that. And the the lineup of games they gave us was kind of crappy. Like yeah. there's a there's some good stuff in there, but there's a lot of stuff they missed out on. And the games we did get were a lot of them were fairly mediocre, which we'll get into later. <laughs> we sure will. Um but I mean to bring this back around to Cool Borders, I mean, the, the fact that it was included, I think, c- kind of says a little bit to how well it did on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I did appreciate there's like an intro video, which is sweet, which is actual footage of people snowboarding and wiping out, too. I'm glad that they put in like people crashing and stuff a little bit. Uh, but there was voice acting. Now, did you look into any, into any of this? No, not really, to be perfectly honest. All right, so most of the people who voice the characters, like Yagi, Jen, Cindy, Iyer, you know, Boss, all them, it's just kind of like people who, you know, didn't really go on to do much else. They probably wasn't, they probably weren't hired for voice acting. I was like, hey, hey, uh, Dan, you want to come voice a character on this game kind of thing? Sure, why not? Uh, But there was someone, and it's fantastic. He does the most. It's the voice you're going to hear. It's the narrator. Uh-huh. He's in the menus. He's in the game. When you wipe out, when you do a good trick, he's there to comment, encourage you, or kind of be like, yeah, you suck. Uh-huh. Um, which was voiced by Mel McMurrin. Does that voice sound familiar at all? Mel McMurrin. Uh-huh. He's known for, for one character in the PlayStation 1, in the PlayStation 1 series. Uh, now, refresh my memory. He does Calypso for the Twisted Metal. Games. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, but uh, he's probably the most outstanding part of this game. The fact that like when you land a jump, like, man, great. But can you do better? Or like when you wipe out, he's like, oh, you, you're not doing too good. I don't know. It's just I got really frustrated hearing that voice perpetually tell me <laughs> I sucked. And I was just like, I'm done. Fine, whatever. I'm turning this off. Yeah. To get into one more setting, one of my favorite things about this game was the big air competition. Um, and master so there was there was two options in big air and basically it's uh you have to perform like a jump trick so there's competition where you're just doing one ramp and you do a trick and try and see how many points you get and it based it on like what moves you do and how many spins and how your landing is stuff like that um but there was something called master and what it would do is it was just this forever looping like bunch of ramps it never stopped until time ran out so we just go on forever but you had to perform the trick they told you to do. So at the beginning, like the first like 10, 15 tricks, they tell you like, you know, do an indie grab up, up R1, you know, something like that. 
But then as you get further on, it just tells you the trick and it doesn't tell you the moves. So you either have to memorize or do what I did, pause the game once they reveal the trick, open up the back of the book and be like, all right, uh, Indy nose bone up. uh, Okay. Up R2 L2. Okay. I got it. And then go back to the game and do it. But even when they start combining two moves together, it starts to get more difficult. Uh If you land a trick, you get like 10, 15 seconds. If you miss a trick, the clock keeps winding down. Uh, there's something to unlock after you get a hundred perfect cools, but it's very hard to get to that point. I even tried it again yesterday to be like, all right, let's see how far I can get. I got to like 60. I was uh, like, yeah, this is trash, whatever. And then it shows you like your, your high score. Um, I want to put this out for, you know, I'm not saying my number is like the best ever, but I'd like to see people's numbers. If you've played this game and you can pull up your memory card and see how many cools you landed, which is a completed trick, a landed trick. I had 218 landed tricks before time ran out. Wow, that's not bad. That seems good. Which I think is great considering it wants you to get to 100 to unlock something. And it's like, yeah, you don't have to go any further than that. And I didn't know that as a kid. I'm like, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, shout out to all our listeners. Uh, jump into our uh, Discord. If you go to GameZillaMedia.com, uh, there's a link to jump into our Discord from there. And uh, yeah, let us know your uh, your score in uh, uh, snowboard or uh, cool borders too. Big air, uh, big air master. Big air master. That's that's what we call a glitch. The big air master. The big air master. Yeah, that's that, the big, I, the big very, gut. The big gut master. I'm very frequently like, hey, big air master, and then it's glitch who turns around, so you know that it's about what, him. What, you call me, Craig. You say something. Uh, see, just like that. Just like that. A couple things before we wrap this up. I'm actually, this is something I'm going to try and do on future episodes. I think this is really cool. I'm going to look up the sale price of the game. So what the game is currently going for, I use uh, a couple websites and I take the four months average. Okay. And then add $2 for shipping. Now I'd like you to guess, this is a PlayStation 1 game, so I'm going to go complete. So it's jewel case, manual, and game. How much does this game sell for currently? Uh, I, there were so many copies of this because of its greatest hits uh, uh, re-release. But Complete Inbox always jacks up the price. I'm going to say $45. $5.59. Complete Inbox is still 5 bucks. Yeah. Wow. I... I... Uh, I highly overestimated that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a, if PlayStation was so pushed out because it was a disc base. Uh-huh. So, like, I mean, I feel like it was just like, oh, man, this is super cheap to make. Let's throw a ton out there. So mm-hmm. it's kind of oversaturated in a lot of a lot of games like that. And then, you know, you have the greatest hits run. So, boom, there's another like double, triple your number right there. Yeah, that's true. I Glitch, is there any uh, uh, with a game like this? Is there much in the way of like speed running type stuff? Yeah, so there is a uh, speed running. Uh, the category any percent. It's held by Sergey. Uh, would you like to give a guess at uh, how long that takes? So it's it's the competition mode. There's nine races, and the thing about any percent is that you just need to place in first place. Hmm. Or I guess oh no no, any percent you just need to beat the game. So actually, I should explain this in the game. Uh, when you play competition, you get the points, but then at a certain level, 
like, you know, like you're at race five, you need a minimum of like 20 points. So if you didn't get 20 points up to that point, you're disqualified and the event ends. So there's a certain point, like by the final race where it's like, you have to have at least, you know, 40 points to, to do this race or you're disqualified. So it's just to get past that point. You don't have to get first. You don't have to get second. It's just as long as okay. you pass. Uh, I don't know, maybe like 10 minutes. I mean, not too far off. 18 minutes and 43 seconds is the record. Oh, that's a little longer um, than I thought it would be. I figured it'd just be, you know, not really worrying too much about tricks and stuff and just getting to the uh, finish line. And that's pretty much it. And another thing, too, in the competition, there is like a uh, you do have to jump a ramp to place yourself in the next race. So if it doesn't do it like a Mario Kart where, oh, you finished first in the last race. You're first, you're first in this next race. You have to do a jump do your points, and then that places you in the next race. Oh, weird. That's kind of yeah. neat, though. So that takes a little bit of time in between every single race. But wow. he does skip three of the races because he does place first in six of them, which gives him enough points to kind of be like, let's skip the three longest races and, you know, call it a day. I gotcha. Um, there is one trick before we move on yeah. to the music. Um, it's a little fun one. It doesn't do anything super exciting, but it kind of plays around with the with the gravity of the game with with how it's designed uh-huh. there is a mode called board park and it's just kind of like an open park you just freestyle you know do whatever you want you're not timed you're not graded on tricks or anything like that just have fun there's a section where there's like a bunch of cars and trucks and there's two giant ramps right around that area if you go past the ramps and then jump back up the hill towards the the ramp the the flat part of the ramp mm-hmm. it'll shoot you straight up into the sky like almost hitting the roof of the game which is fantastic. Weird. It's a little fun to do. So if you uh, want to have a little fun with that, you can do that. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I glitch just like uh, you mentioned before. Let's go ahead and uh, take a brief pause, hear a word from one of our partners, and then we'll get into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! All right, so the music for Cool Borders 2 was composed by Atsunori Namba, who worked on the Cool Borders series, and Rising Zan, the Samurai Gunman. Rising Zan! Oh, God, how I wish we could be talking about that game. I... But let's go ahead and uh, listen to some of the music here. Now, uh, the first track uh, that we have for you guys is uh, one chosen by The Glitch. It is a song called Big Born, the song for White Resort. Let's give it a listen. Hey! 
Hey. 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 I. 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 The song is is real, like late nineties. I. I. It, I feel like it's a song that like uh, uh, somebody was like listening to and they're like, what do they think is cool in America? And they're like, well, uh, we don't really want to, you know, take the time to actually listen to the popular hits. What about commercials? What's the music that gets played during commercials in, uh, you know, in America during this time period? And they're like, oh, OK, yeah, we can just make something based on that. I feel like this song probably has more inspiration than you realize, Craig. Oh yeah. So I, I, I bet you there was there was a young boy uh-huh. who listened to this song and thought, "I can make a career out of this." And do you know who that man grew up to be? Uh, who's that? Little John. Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> Uh, it reminds me a little bit of that like hype man thing uh and you'll hear throughout the rest of these tracks we played there there aren't lyrics i mean it's just kind of like somebody yelling at the (laughs) behind a bunch of music but this this is the first song that plays on the first track uh this is what reminds me of cool borders essentially uh now when i was going through the the soundtrack i uh this is one that i uh caught my attention uh, first, this is a song called Rambling Low, Dive Into the Cave. Let's give this one a listen. Does that not sound almost precisely uh, like a uh, poor man's version of the boss theme from Mega Man X1? Oh, a little bit. I hear that. Right? (laughs) When I first heard that, I was like, oh, I kind of like this. And then I uh, glanced through like the comments on the video I was watching of it. And it was like, oh, this sounds like something out of Mega Man X. And I was like, (laughs) oh, well, yeah, no, because it's basically ripped off Mega Man X. Uh, The last song actually reminds me a little bit of um, the first one we played. It reminds me of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 for the NES. There's a there's a stage where they're like 
yeah like in the background a little bit oh yeah and it reminds me of that but i i hear this one you can tell though just the change of the two songs we've been playing this is a much later uh race in the competition it gets a lot harder there's tons of ice everywhere and your character can fall off cliffs he still lives but it definitely slows them down. But yeah, I mean, as soon as you get into these like heavy ice levels, it's really hard to control and you speed up too on the ice. So where you're normally going like 70 miles per hour, you're going like 95 plus depending on what board you have. Um, And speaking of which, this next song we're going to play, that's all ice. It's called uh, like freeze something is the name of the state. Yeah. uh, uh, Diatomic power. uh, the, The theme of freezing point. Let's go ahead and uh, give this one a listen. in there glitch <laughs> we bleeped it out that's good uh, i i i appreciate that that is the song that was played last because it felt like a combination of both of our choice other choices it definitely gets way more intense than that one and that i think that's the hardest stage it's not even the last one i think that's the hardest stage but when that when that song comes on and that double bass drum starts going i'm like yes this is awesome i uh yeah the the music is it's weird because it's it is a little unpolished i think compared to some other like you know some of the other greats of video game music uh but it's certainly better than i anticipated the music for cool borders 2 to be because i i figured it was either going to be licensed music or garbage and it was neither i appreciate that and i i definitely enjoyed this soundtrack you know as a kid Mm -hmm. playing these games it didn't feel too repetitive i like that there was a nice variety there was a different song for every track so if you were ever doing like freestyle you could you could pick what song you wanted to play that's pretty cool i like that yeah 
I uh, yeah, I wish more games like this, like racing games and stuff like that, would allow you to play with the music selection, sort of like uh, the current Smash Brothers game does, where like you have a giant option of like songs, and you can either choose the frequency of how they get played or just flat out choose what one you want to listen to at that moment. Like stuff like that is cool. Or you could do what I think Xander and I did when we first got a 360 was load all our CDs into the hard drive and then just play the soundtracks as we were playing games. Oh, that also works, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, that is the, the music for cool borders Two. I, uh, Glitch, what are your final thoughts when it comes to uh, the game? Um, I would like to see this game get a new version of it. I would like them to kind of keep a lot of the original ideas, um, you know, not not polish it up too much because I feel like, you know, the snowboard genre is kind of dead a little bit. You know, yeah. like it was definitely a big thing in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like that was probably its height. Oh, yeah. Um, of popularity. But uh i mean it hit it hit its peak right at the right time the game you know it did well in sales i played it a ton i enjoy it even going back playing it a little bit i still get like a good hour and a half of 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 good play out of it so um revisit if you haven't played it it's on the playstation classic uh the music's not there but you know the fun is i yeah the the there's very few things i would change to cool borders 2 to to improve upon it because it's just not a, a genre of game that i know very well. The only thing I can think is to give your snowboarder a katana, uh, and then a gun, and then name them Zan, <laughs> and then send them to feudal Japan so they could fight ninjas in a Wild West mashup by Rising Zan, the samurai gunman. That's that's you're, what I recommend. Those are my final thoughts. You're right in all the correct ways there, Craig. <laughs> Glitch, uh, I tell you what, let's go ahead and jump into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro relapse. All right, so uh, we didn't have to travel far, at least for me. Uh, yeah, same one. here. I just had to press the right on the D pad once on my classic, and there we were. Destruction Derby. Destruction Derby for the PlayStation. Uh, I, I It looks like it was also released on N64, uh, as well as Sega Saturn and MS-DOS? MS-DOS? That's what the Wikipedia page is saying. It was released Google. for MS-DOS. Google, give me that ROM. Oh, boy. Uh Oh, that is so telling. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be a good game. It was on the PlayStation Classic, right? R- right? Well, I mean, obviously, the when they created the Classic, they had the audience in mind. They're like, we're going to pick probably the 20 best games we could put on this device, right? Well, sure. I mean, it'd be crazy to just put out a bunch of cheap stuff that they could license for dirt cheap and try to make a buck off of the buyers. Oh. Well, I mean, if you're going to do that, you'd have a decent retail price, right? Sure. I mean, it wouldn't be like $70 or nothing like that. At was that. it 100 Oh, God. I think it was like 100 I think it was ninety nine ninety nine. Oh, God. It was... I, I bought it way cheap and then hacked it. Do you want to know how much I bought mine for? Uh, how much? $15. 
Uh, that was less than what I spent. I think I spent like, I think I might have spent 50, honestly. I think I got it when it was half off because I didn't want it to run out of stock because I did want to hack it. Uh, what a letdown. Yeah. What a really letdown. Even for $15, I'm kind of like, meh. Am I, I talking know. about the PlayStation Classic or am I talking about Destruction Derby? Uh, who knows? <laughs> but we did. We played Destruction Derby. Craig, uh, what are your thoughts so far? I have never seen such a terrible and clunky operating screen. Like, the game starts and it's like, are you using one PlayStation or two? And it was like, what? Why is this one of the first options as I load up the game? Yeah, that should definitely be in the like settings. Like, that's not something I feel like a lot of people are like, all right, are we going to play on one or two PlayStations today? Ah, let's just keep it to one. Okay. I don't know. We got this extra TV and this extra PlayStation and all this extra stuff. Why don't we put it to use? Yeah. I, I appreciate that that kind of system is in this game, but it's weird that that's like the first thing you're selecting. <laughs> and then it gets to the screen and I'm just like, what am I looking at? It's like, oh, okay. So this is like difficulty. And I select difficulty. And then it's like, choose your car. And it was like, oh, I did something wrong. Okay. Uh, I'll choose this Grim Reaper car. That seems cool. That is a cool name. And then it boots me back to the main screen. But now the difficulty's changed. And I'm like, yep. what is happening? And so, yeah, it's like you choose your car, which is the difficulty setting. And then uh, you choose like your your track and then uh, with your game mode and that, you know, it's just so clumsily done. And so I finally started playing what I thought was the game. It's like, okay, so it's a racing game. All right, sure. And so I start racing and I'm like, there's not a lot of destruction going on. Got first place super easy. I'm on like medium difficulty. Okay. Like, I guess I'm pretty good at this game. And then I was like, I was like, oh, the options are the third of the choices after your car and the track. And then it's like, oh, well, there's actually a destruction derby mode. I was in like the slot car mode or whatever. And I'm like, why wasn't that one of the first? All right, whatever. All right. And so I start up and it's just like everyone's around a ring. And I'm like, oh, it's it's a it's a demolition derby. That's what this game is about. It's called destruction derby. OK, now it makes sense. And then you start and then you smash your car into other cars. And it's just like, oh, this is so boring. How'd you do, by the way, in the destruction derby? Not good. You get last place. You get last. Absolutely last place. And then they had the audacity to make me wait to see how <laughs> the other cars place. I guess what destruction derby. I could not give less of a crap. So uh, yeah, they do. They make you wait. I mean, it's obviously like simulated at that point. They they you know make it go faster. Because guess what? I was like, I wonder if I can get first. And I did. And I can tell you. Getting first is the most frustrating thing in the world because essentially to win, mm-hmm. this was my strategy. So, yes, I joined in. I was like, yeah, full force, like ramming cars. Oh, if you destroy the front of your car, you're out. But so, that's the point of the uh, demolition derby, isn't it? To smash into people. So the strategy is you have to drive in reverse. Oh, is that what people do in real life? Or is that just a cop out in this game? 
I think that's just the fact that in this game, your rear end can, well, I don't want to, that phrase might have sounded weird. Uh, the back of your car can mm. get destroyed and and uh you can still you can still drive it's not it's not easy to drive but it's still able to do and basically for the last like two minutes you're just going in reverse at like one mile an hour trying to hope that you hit the front of their car so what you're saying is i didn't utilize my rear end enough you're right Mm -hmm. that's exactly what that's the problem craig you gotta look at the rear end and push it I got to, uh, okay, all right. Gotta push, push through, got to push through. Your, yeah. Push that yeah. rear, you know what, we're done with this conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I felt like Destruction Derby was real boring as a racing yep. game and kind of boring as a Demolition Derby game. I, how did this wind up on the PlayStation Classic? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I'm ready to rate this thing. I'm giving it a two out of eight. Yeah, I, I think two. I almost said three out of eight because it was at least like functional, but it's just so boring. It, it's just, the racing part. Sorry, the racing part's a little bit more fun, I think, than the destruction, the demolition derby. I'd agree with which, that. Which, which, which makes no sense because that's kind of the point of the game, right? Yeah. The you should have concentrated on making the demolition part of the game more exciting rather than that being like I was like after I got first, I was like, yeah, I never want to do this again. The racing was kind of fun because you can crash a lot. But the problem I had was the uh first time I played, I got into an accident right at the start and I was in last place and I spent the entire race catching up. I got on the 11th lap, which was the last lap or second from last. And my car stalled and I I got nothing. Oh, no, I uh, I I did pretty well in the the racing mode. I uh, I I ended up like blitzing past everybody like right at the start i don't know how i lucked out but like i ended up like triple lapping the dude in second place nice. it was insane i was just like what i don't am i doing this right i i the the game is called destruction derby but like i'm not hitting anybody i'm just driving past them and winning i uh, by the way i uh, i uh, quick side note just to let you know how ridiculous this is uh, have you looked at the uh, like what other publications and stuff have rated this game over the, no. the years? So I'm going to give you a hi- some highlights just to let you know how ridiculously weird this is. Uh, All Game uh, gave the Nintendo 64 version four and a half out of five stars. Nice. CVG gave it three out of ten. Game Informer okay. gave it seven point twenty five out of ten. Game Fan gave it 92 out of 100. Ooh. GameSpot gave it 6.8 out of 10. It just goes on like that. It just bounces from like the lowest numbers to like the highest numbers to like middle ground. I I can't fathom how anybody like Electric Playground gave this a 9 out of 10. I'm convinced Electric Playground didn't play the demolition part of this game. Yeah, they couldn't have. Like, there's no way. I I just, like, it blows my mind that you could get such a weird variation of of totals. And, like, yeah, I just, how did Sony think this was a good idea to slap it on their PlayStation Classic? Like, if you're into this game, like, if you played it when you were younger and you enjoyed it then, like, that's fine. I think if I was younger and had been playing it and I, you know, I don't know, just didn't have any other PlayStation games, sure, I'd have been okay with it. But, uh, yeah, it didn't hold up. 
It's like, uh, hey, Bill, uh, can you uh, rate this game for me? Uh, we got to put a, a review through. It's It's got to be due tomorrow morning, if you don't mind. Due tomorrow morning, 9 out of 10, not doing it. Well, what'd you like? Uh, it had the link cables. That must have been it, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure that uh, the people who enjoyed it like they must only get the enjoyment out of the link cable version with the two TVs. <laughs> like that must be our problem. Sure. I would have. I mean, voted it I mean, if you time. could have gotten 12 playstations linked together and done a demolition derby that way, that might've been cool. I don't think you could even do more than two players though. You, with can, the link you cable thing. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying like, if that was something that could have happened. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, well, yeah, oh, well. very big letdown, but that's okay. Uh, I tell you what, Glitch, let's go ahead and uh, put ourselves in a better mood because we're talking about our music bracket. And that... We're almost, uh, uh, we're almost done with round one now. Oh, we're we are. There. We're getting there. Yeah, we're close. Uh, so uh, the, the song that is first up in, once again, another difficult round of this bracket is from Mega Man 6, composed by Yuko Takehara. We have the theme of Blizzard Man. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. say uh blizzard man is a theme that i usually kind of forget about i uh, when i think of great mega man themes blizzard man isn't like in the first to pop in my mind uh but i always forget how amazing it is like that is a great song and i i think that has a lot to do with the fact that it's mega man 6 i mean it it's not as memorable as the other it's it's almost like a forgotten greatness because it, it is still just as good as the other games but just doesn't ever get mentioned as much. It, it is definitely a, 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 a more forgettable Mega Man game to the, the general audience. Uh, Chop excluded. It's, that's yeah, his, Chop excluded. That's yeah, his that's favorite his, Mega that's Man his baby. game. Uh, but uh, uh, going up against uh, Blizzard Man is honestly another theme that I, I tend to forget about uh, how much I enjoy. 
uh, from Mega Man 10, uh, composed by Ippo Yamada, Ryo Kawakami, Yu Shimoda, Hiroki Isogai, Manami Matsume, and Yasuaki Fujita. God, dream team. Uh, <laughs> we have the theme of Sheet Man. Now you could you could say you're 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 sleeping on Sheet Man, aren't you, Craig? I could say I'm sleeping on Sheet Man, uh, and I do dream of electric sheep. Let's give it a listen. Sheet Man's theme and Blizzard Man's theme uh, have have one big similarity to me, and that is the fact that they start off, and I think, well, it's okay. Like, this is all right. And then by the time the song is getting towards the end of where it loops, it's like, oh, man, yeah, this is great. I forgot how good this is. And then it loops again, and then it's, once again, it's like, that's okay. And so it has like a, both songs have kind of a slower start for me and then end really high. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this will be an interesting one this week. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm really torn with this one, so I don't know how I'm gonna I'm gonna vote. Yeah, sometimes I I listen to the themes and I feel like okay, yeah, I know what one what way I'm voting. You know, I just like it just pops in my head or something. But uh, yeah, this week I have no clue. I'm gonna make like a last last minute decision. Uh, but uh, when it comes <clears throat> to voting, uh, our listeners have quite a lot of options. Uh, you know, and I recommend that they look into each option because it gets you more votes. We have on our Facebook account uh, for Legend of Retro, there is an emoji poll. On tw- our Twitter account, we have a poll there as well. Uh, earlier, I mentioned our Discord. Go to GameZillaMedia.com and uh, jump into our Discord. We have an emoji poll as, uh, there as well. And then members of our Patreon page, for as little as $1 per month, you get a bonus vote on top of all the other perks that you get. Uh, and uh, Glitch, when it comes to the perks of Legend of Retro uh, on our Patreon page, what all do they get? Um, so you get a ton of stuff. Uh, you definitely get that one extra vote. But if you're nice enough to join us for that $5 mark, you get our bonus show, Game Shark. Now, what is Game Shark? Game Shark is a show we release once a month 
where we talk about literally anything retro. We'll do our top five favorite lists of any genre, of any game series. We'll do the 100 greatest lists of a video game system. And we do our bracket draft for every season. So if you want to listen to that, get the inside scoop of who voted for who. LPJ from Last Action Podcast joins us. He's our administrator for the draft. He does a fantastic job. And that's definitely like one of our favorite things to do every season. So if you want to listen to that, you got to be that $5 member. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I believe, I might be crazy, but this month, uh, you and I have a uh, uh, Game Shark special uh, where we will uh, do our uh, very first Rhythm of Retro together. Is that right? Yeah, that's a sneak peek. Uh, you're going to have to wait a few weeks to get that, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to listen to it. Yeah, me too. It'll, it'll be a fun one. Uh, but uh, Glitch, I think that's uh, all the time that we have for uh, today's episode. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and uh, sign off here. Uh, So we'll see y'all next time when the legend continues. Is hell bad? Uh, Hell as a place is fine.